the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Lots to think about when it comes to Wall Street on a regular basis. Lots to talk about when it comes to retirement. Um, Always seems to be a story right around the corner. Fasten your seatbelt seems to be maybe the the phrase that's starting to, to jive a little bit, for lack of a better word. Um, in the short term on Wall Street, I've always liked the long-term slow grind ahead of Wall Street, but the day-to-day does feel like you need a little bit of dramamine here and there to kind of like take the edge off of, um, what are we doing for this week? Are we up or are we down kind of feeling? Existing home sales inched up at the start of 2021. One of the stories that I saw yesterday was a big, a big to-do about inflation, and how lumber prices are spiking big time as housing starts are starting to slow down. Again, Wall Street's very supply and demand driven. We're starting to see inflation in lumber prices, which means the cost of your home goes higher. And we're like, okay, okay, okay. Let's see how well, let's see where this goes. That's ultimately a bad flag for me. I hope you grasp that. Um, it doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all. But when we start seeing the cause and react of higher lumber prices equals let's not build it because it's not very profitable for us. If we can't get people to pay it, then we can't build it. And then you take off that demand and potentially the cost of lumber comes back down. It doesn't always work that way, but that's the idea. Uber's business model is under pressure. Remember how last November California was going to decide a lot on um, what do gig employees get and not get as far as benefits goes? And it was in the news. It was in the news. And we were watching it and we were paying attention to it. We were babysitting it. We are all about it. Um, In large part because I think – Many of us kind of enjoy the idea of an Uber or a Lyft as an alternative to a taxi. And then you start thinking about the Uber Eats and the delivery of pharmaceuticals for the senior citizens. And you're like, okay, I get it. I get it. I like And California went through this process of are they employees? Can they work when they want to? Can they be forced to work? Do they get forced vacation? Like there was a lot going on. But now Uber is doing the same kind of – not bid to stay alive because that sounds dramatic, but again, they got the UK Supreme Court trying to figure out what you know the right-hailing app drivers should be 
classified and how they get minimum wage or and or don't get minimum wage. Again, I think any of the resolutions companies like Uber or Lyft can work through, it's just the demon known versus the demon unknown. Um, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, they're doing a little bit of a yo-yo thing on who's the world's richest person. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch how you've seen Texas basically crushed with blackouts in the last four or five days now. No energy. Food going bad. We talked about generators being probably going to be the next big thing as far as headlines out of Texas goes for investable ideas. So people over the weekend be going to Home Depot and say, we need a generator. And Genovac sells the generators. But with Texas losing a lot of Texas, if you look at a map, it's shocking. A lot of Texas losing electricity. Um, It's going to bring up, can they really support the business that they're drawing into their state with the promise of no taxes? And you know that Elon Musk wants to have space stations being launched out of Texas. Will there be any ramifications to Mother Nature throwing a fit this year? 800-516-1220 teacher calls in the air. Yesterday, as the markets closed, Janet Yellen got out there, and she was talking big time about how we need stimulus next week. We need it as soon as possible. What I don't like about those scenarios is it's kind of a line being drawn in the sand. It's very PR dramatic heavy. Now, don't get me wrong. I think we do need stimulus. But Democrats are calling for next week, let's vote on the stimulus package in the House of Representatives. Senate's going through, well, the Senate (laughs) is going through its fits and starts being democratically controlled. Will they fall in line completely with a bigger stimulus, which Jenny Allen is calling for? Or will it be will there be compromises as Biden is trying to play uh, I'm not gonna say both sides of the aisle, but Biden's trying to get both sides of the aisle engaged, maybe, and getting some political points and or losing some here. So next week's gonna be a big week as far as do we get that stimulus? Because we saw the jobs numbers yesterday and the job list numbers. Um, first time unemployment claims. Just again saying we don't have a sticky recovery. And what we're trying to do is try to recover our economy, <clears throat> trying to hide all the flaws until June, July, August. As we get more and more vaccines out, those are paid for. Now we're just trying to cover the economic damage that's been done through July, not just through January, but through July. And that's going to be the big question for me as an investor is as we get through July, August, September, and as we go back to work, will our economy be strong enough to survive? To th- no, no, not to survive. Let me correct that. To thrive without further stimulus. <laughs> if, I don't know, when you get money from the government, it gets very addicting. Um, it's easy money. And I, the only example I can give you is I know some people that were on Social Security disability. And it could have been, I, I don't even know their reasons. I'm not going to try to paint a picture in my head of anything dramatic, let's say car accidents or let's say mental you know, anxiety. 
I know people that get checks from the government and they're like, I don't want to go back to work ever. So my big you know, question I want to see applied to our economy is how does our economy deal with lack of stimulus, say, after July? Because Wall Street's going to stop buying it if we keep going, oh, we need more stimulus, one more handout. Now that it's July of 2021, we need the theaters bailed out one more time to get them to Christmas. <clears throat> it's, we're going to get to the point where we're a little fatigued. Stimulus fatigued? Is that possible? Yes. Talking about a bad time to take a vacation, Ted Cruz. PR is not good on you. Okay, so how do we handle that? Is there a business story there? Talk to your manager today about what time you get off and how do you get off. I don't know, because you can get fired. I try to find financial headlines in all the stories, but I think that one's a little bit too obvious on the how to stay employed side of the world. 800-516-1220 each calls there. You know what the thing about the Robin Hood trials yesterday in front of Congress? I'm now on the side of like, screw the individual if he gets hurt. <laughs> like, we can't protect people from cigarettes. We can't protect people. Like, even when we do, we can't. Do we make people do the same litmus test on credit cards? Good questions coming out of the Robin Hood, but I don't think nothing happens. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. I used to watch a lot of television news in the evenings. I remember... Do you remember, this is a very vague story, but it's, it, it leads to my promise. Do you remember a few years back, it's going to be more than a few years back, where George Bush Sr., he was popular as president at this point in time. He was on the news, <clears throat> maybe 60 minutes sounds about right, where he didn't know what a food scanner was. So when you go to the grocery store, they scan the barcodes and the cash register automatically knows the prices. When the technology first came out, I remember people were very, very paranoid, like, oh, we have to, like, check our receipts to make sure the scanner got it right. And probably to this day, some people still do. But the technology's gotten a little bit better in some people's minds. Where does this story, get, story go? <clears throat> a lot of times, we're a little bit out of touch with what's out there. And the pandemic is accelerating things. So when we're a little bit out of touch... George Bush Sr. didn't see what one of the food scanner was. And he, he was on 60 Minutes. And the guy who was in charge of our nuclear codes was like, oh, I went into a store today. And like, did you know you could like he, – he was about 20 years behind the times. Now, some good news, bad news. I think he was in charge of the CIA. And you probably assume, shouldn't he know about this kind of technology? Like this isn't exactly a spy technology. But long story short, we kind of – got a refresher in our life, at least once that I can remember, where some people are really, really out of touch. Pandemics bringing that back to me in the robotics industry is how much is massively accelerating of 
robots that can dance. Remember when we had fun stories like that in the in the daily news instead of how many people have died from the pandemic? But White Castle is now using kitchen robots at a pretty aggressive rate. If you go to YouTube, and I, I use YouTube not as like, oh, this is the financial Bible. I'm not saying that in any way, shape, or form. I think you can get into a lot of trouble using sources of information that are very sketchy at best, whether that be CNBC, whether it be Bloomberg, Fox News, whether it be MSNBC, whatever news source you get, I'm calling into question. Like, Look at it. Make sure that it's appropriate for the type of content you're trying to grab. YouTube has got some great videos on it. And they have a fry cook right now showing you in case you're out of touch and you're watching the $15 an hour minimum wage debate unfold in the United States government. Should it be a federal thing? Should it be a state thing? I personally think it should be a state thing. The idea of minimum wage in San Francisco and LA being the same as it is in Bakersfield is kind of weird to me. Bakersfield, let's call it smack dab in the middle of the state. Or if you want to go for more of a an anatomical relation, maybe you say Stockton's like the armpit, where you're not exactly thriving. There isn't actually a big business there. Um, there's signs on the streets that like, don't park your car in the streets of Stockton because stuff will get stolen. So I'm not sure that I want $15 minimum wage across the board. Because some areas could use a $12 minimum wage and do well and not cause the inflation on the negative side of the employer. I think it's a balancing act that we as a nation should look at and try to figure out is minimum wage okay for people under 16? Should over 16 be a little bit – like why are we drawing the line at a federal number when our states are so very vastly different? Even our counties inside of our states can be vastly different. But then that overly complicates things. But anyway, the point of this is not to argue the positive negatives of minimum wage increases. It's to tell you that companies like White Castle who have franchisees, they're looking at every way to save their franchisee money. Well, not every way to save their money, but you get the idea, right? Take a look at what the restaurant industry has done. Restaurants are facing an uphill battle. In 2020, traffic plummeted roughly 7.8 billion visits across America. Chains like Domino's, Dunkin' Donuts, just call me Dunkin', please. White Castle, Five Guys, KFC, they're all partnering right now with startups on robotics to try to cut costs. And again, if you've been in McDonald's, you've seen more and more kiosks. You've been into fast food. Again, I I bring this up because... I'm at a stage in my life where fast food is almost considered like demonic. (laughs) It's almost considered like bad. I used to make a kind of a sexual reference to how often I eat McDonald's to how often you get the idea, right? That's how like, uh, uh, cliche bad it is on the fringes where we don't want to indulge, but we kind of sneak it in. So anyway, fast food industry is one that's profoundly um, affected by the pandemic and has been profoundly affected by the minimum wage arguments. I saw Walmart yesterday. Was it yesterday? Two days ago. I'm having a weird week. My mom passed away a week ago and um, 
time is kind of like a little jumpy this week. But Walmart came out with earnings that weren't great. But more importantly, they said, we're not going to do what Target's doing with $15 across the United States federal minimum wage. We will do minimum wage with whatever states decide. Target's saying, we're going to do a federal minimum wage. Walmart said, some of our employees will make more than a minimum wage, but we're kind of staying in that area. Now, as an investor, what do you think about that? Do you like the long-term investment that companies like Costco and Target have made in their employees? Give them a couple more bucks an hour? Try to keep them around so they don't have to retrain someone else. Give them a couple more bucks an hour to try to keep the morale higher. Which way do you like? Do you like the Walmart cheap way or the Target and Costco, let's invest in the future way? So there's a lot of companies out there right now. And automation, <clears throat> Miso Robotics. Oh, the White Castle one is weird because you can watch a, a whole <clears throat> robotic video on YouTube of – that $15 an hour wage going in the way of a robot and surprising that it's not that expensive. So there's one company I'm <clears throat> looking at and I'm going to watch them come public. It's called Miso Robotics. Miso exactly like the soup, M-I-S-O. Food robots have been around for years but haven't really been widely adopted until last year, forcing um, corporations into some decisions due to labor shortages severe labor shortages, federal minimum wage, social distancing. I can already see McDonald's saying, hey, we've got the healthiest restaurants because none of our workers are sick because they're all robots, right? And it's not going to get that bad, is it? Is it? Got to have someone fix the robots, right? There's also another company called Kia, K-E-A, K-E-A, and Miso Robotics. And all, all I want you to do is go to YouTube and Google K-E-A Robotics and Miso Robotics. Start with a little visual on where this is going. But Kia is big in with Domino's at this point in time. And that's significant because Domino's is a powerhouse. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We'll take a break here. The phone girl, the pizza slapper, your jobs are at risk. Take a break. Be right back. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. My general advice, again, continues to be wash your hands, wear a mask, wear white at night if you're on a bicycle. Doesn't sometimes the generic advice seem to be, uh, how shall we say, dull? Yes. But that's kind of what we're up against at this point in time. Let's talk some tech talk. Let's talk some sexy talk. I know everyone likes talking tech. WandaVision. Not into it. I'm not a Disney Plus guy through and through. <clears throat> but Disney Plus has been a, an amazing plus for the stock of Disney. I do own shares of Disney. Disney Plus experienced a brief outage early Friday when it premiered its latest episode of WandaVision, which is a superhero Marvel television show, which I, from what I'm hearing, it's pretty exciting from a like a what we expect from television. It raises the bar. It's kind of like what Twin Peaks did for television serial shows, serial shows going week to week with new plots that you have to stay in touch with to follow the story. 
what Twin Peaks did <clears throat> for that whole genre, you know, really opened the door for things like HBO's Game of Thrones for appointment TV that we had to sit down with. Um, that was unique and fresh and different. And we were excited. You miss one episode of Two and a Half Men, you were going to be okay. <laughs> You're going to catch up on that plot fine. Until, I guess you don't, right? A very special blossom. But anyway, WandaVision shaping up to be a major hit for Disney+. And one of the things Disney Plus did was they raised prices. I know you're saying, wait, 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 wait. Every time Netflix raised prices, we throw a fit in America. We're like, I'm only going to pay so much for your amazing, crazy amount of content that we consume, even though we moan and gripe about it at times. But I'm looking forward to the next round of The Gambit. I know you're saying, that was, that's a one-time series? What? <laughs> It had an ending? What? <clears throat> but WandaVision's doing well for Disney Plus to the point that it crashed the internet for Disney. Disney's pumping out more shows based on popular franchises. Disney's on pace to release a new episode of a Marvel or Star Wars show on Disney Plus almost every week throughout the year 2021. So Disney Plus has done it, and on top of it, they've started raising prices, and we're starting not to question the prices. We're saying, wait, you're way cheaper than Netflix. <clears throat> I can tell you that as a father, and I can probably vouch for a lot of mothers when I say this, you kind of have a comfort level with the title Disney, with your kids. You're kind of like, yeah, some of it may be incredibly stupid. I'm looking at you, Song of the South. Zippity doo da, zippity day. Not your best look, Disney, but we're going to forgive that one because that was at a different time, although that got Chris Harrison canceled with Bachelor, right? Um, Disney actually has to run disclaimers in front of some of their movies saying the depiction of women is very Americana 1950s. You're like, ooh, I want to watch that. <laughs> or the depiction of the South is not really as evolved as where we are now with our depiction of the South. So Disney actually has to run disclaimers, which is, hey, I'm, I don't, I'm staying out of that one. But Disney Plus crashes due to the popularity of WandaVision. So and again, the story there is that they're able to raise prices, right? I think that has to be the story that we're sticking with. But it also brings up the question of, as an investor, you want to see companies be able to have a price point that's sticky enough that people want to stay around that doesn't get too inflationary. Now, Disney having problems with some of the technology, right, of bandwidth, Apple's starting to launch their brand new technology, 6G. I know you're saying, no, no, no 5G, no, no, 6G. They're starting to launch their research on 6G, some new ad postings looking for engineers who might want to work on a sixth-generation cellular connectivity. It's indicating that it wants to be a leader because they're doing the hiring first, it looks like. <clears throat> if you set the standards, you kind of win. You can kind of set things to your favor. The only thing I can – the only quick analogy is I can tell you the Boston Bruins used to have an ice arena that was smaller than other ice arenas. So their players got pretty good at said arena knowing their passes would do it a little bit differently on this way. And the amount of space you had behind the net, you had to be a little bit tighter, maybe a bit bigger, more physical. 
So digital managers were able to build a team around that. In theory, Denver plays half their home games at mile high altitude. So they need athletes who can handle the thinner oxygen levels. <clears throat> so you kind of want to see how you get that home field advantage of if you set the standards. So Apple's starting to hire 6G engineers. Job ads are seeking wireless system research engineers for current and next generation designs. Apple's got offices in Silicon Valley and San Diego. Do you know why San Diego? Let's give you a second to think about this. You're going Apple Semiconductor 6G. Well, it's because Qualcomm. Qualcomm's in San Diego. And Qualcomm is the internet modem um, patent player of the world. If you want to invest in cell phones, you almost have to go <clears> – <throat> Don't do Nokia. Think about the guys who are the chips are inside. Go Qualcomm. <clears throat> so Apple's hiring people for the position for 6G. It's going to be new radio access networks. We'll learn about the buzzwords in the coming weeks, months, and years to come. But when is 6G supposed to roll out? 2030 is the initial phases that we're circling on the calendar. 2030. Now, I know you're saying, wait, wait, Rob, we're – calendar's 2021? What year? Yes, the pandemic's thrown off our ability to count for sure. Um, but also, that tells you we got about eight, nine years. And let me go way back to 3G, back in the year 2000. When we're rolling out 3G networks, see how slow they roll out? Because we're now on 5G. So you're like, 3G led to 4G. Rob just said 3G in 2000. It didn't really roll out till almost 2006, 2010. But we, I once went to an E3, a big electronic show in Vegas. You can get a lot of ideas walking the floor of Vegas in the convention centers for any conference. It could be a medical device conference. Like that to me is a fun afternoon, kind of a little Roman. But this was a conference for tech gadgets and Nokia and Ericsson and Intel and all the big tech names back then would go to Vegas and say, here's our new gadget. And typically, you'd see like a little teeny tiny booth for a company like NVIDIA and AMD saying, oh, we got some video cards and they make video games a little bit better. <clears throat> you know, it's so now suddenly Mortal Kombat's a little bit better looking and they were kind of shunned a bit. But I remember in 2000 being at E3, which kind of collapsed as far as conference and value of conference and it's kind of been replaced with CS, CES, um, Consumer Electronics Show. But these are great places because you get to see, oh, down the road, there's going to be a TV called a 4G or 4K TV and then an 8K TV. And then they typically have the booth babes, which I don't even know if that's even acceptable at all anymore. At one point in time, it was like, put some uh, – <laughs> cover up the booth babes. Now, can we even refer – I don't think you can. And uh, hell yeah, that's a step in the right direction. So <clears> – <throat> Um, just my opinion, I'm, I'm fine with people looking like people. I no longer care or want to judge or participate in this game, but, um, Apple's working on 6g and back in the day, I was remembering 3g and one of the people that I saw give a presentation on it was the CEO of Sony. Sony at times have kind of played with, do we want a Western CEO? Caucasian guy probably went to Harvard, Yale or Stanford, or do we want a Western <clears throat> more of the Eastern traditional Japanese Asian CEO. And 
I remember the presentation well because I was like trying to follow the translation. So they had their uh, Asian-speaking CEO. And as he's presenting, he's talking about 3G and how it's going to change phone networks. And he pulled up things like a Palm Pilot. And you're like, whoa, a Palm Pilot is going to be able to connect to the Internet. And you're like, what? My address book's going to be able to connect to the Internet? Wait, wait, on a phone? <clears throat> Pretty awesome. We had personal digital assistants that didn't have phone capabilities. We had music players that didn't have phone capabilities. And Steve Jobs just said, uh, let's converge all these technologies, which is another big buzzword of the year 2000s in investing was convergence. Now, what are the big buzzwords? And it's interesting because deregulation really helped the financial institutions in the 1990s when I was doing this show. I talk about how insurance companies want to become banks and banks want to become stockbrokers and stockbrokers want to become insurance companies and they're all converging. Converge, look for buzzwords on occasion. Now, 6G and history will tell you that when Sony was like, oh, we're, we got this great technology. It's going to be connected to the internet. Your cars will get updates. They'll be driving themselves. <clears throat> None of it ever happens. It all gets really, really slowly rolled out. And then what we learn is as you saturate an area with cell phone signals, it's not quite as like doing it in a laboratory, right? So 10 years from now, nine years from now, Apple's going to be rolling out 6G phones. It'll actually be probably 12 years from now because it'll never be as fast as we want it. But maybe the, the interruptions happen even faster in technology. Maybe it will be, but you get the idea. Apple's working on the future. That's a big advantage, huge advantage to have an R&D department that can set standards in 6G standards. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Take a break. Be right back. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I still love hearing live music, and I feel like it's kind of starting to get delayed. I was talking with a financial planner yesterday. I was like, when do you think you're going to be able to meet clients face-to-face? He goes, not in 2021. I'm like, you're not even thinking fall. And he goes, nope. And it shows you that there's kind of a level of, I don't want to say dismay, but kind of like blossoming in on us like the yeah, i always find january to be one of the worst months because it's just such a gray month and it feels to me that gray is coming to our society gray is coming to our economy a little bit more and it's just coming to this understanding that things are going to be a little bit less v-shaped now some parts will be and that's the frustrating thought here is that as our economy opens back up, as we start thinking about getting back to you know normal living, I can tell you that I'm starting to see signs that it's not going to get back to where we want it to by the fall of 2021. So realistically, I want you to start asking yourself the question of, okay, we got a lot of stimulus right now. It's keeping us afloat. I'm looking at my 401k. It's not at the bottom. It's not doing horrible things. It's doing good things probably. So as we get through another round of stimulus, we're going to look around, look left. We're going to look right. We're going to look left again. We're going to look for inflation. We're seeing it in lumber prices, meaning home prices are going up. The cost of building is going up. Therefore, 
it may become a little pro- more prohibitive for some people to buy a home. We're looking left. We're looking right. We're looking left. We're, we're, we're kind of eyeballing the game, right? As things start to reopen, we're looking at stimulus. Okay, we're going to get one more round, and then we're going to look for another round, or we're going to look for the economy to stand on its own two feet. I believe we'll get there, but I think it's going to be bumpier than we expect. And let me give you an example. One of the things I did yesterday was I live streamed a Nintendo event. I know you're not me. I didn't live stream it. Nintendo live streamed it. I watched it. Um, trying to keep my edges in research. Um, in what's a tough week for my family, is it's not quite as it doesn't translate as well as I want it to right now. I'm not on my good edge. I've kind of lost my skating edge. But watching a video game live stream event for Nintendo where they talked about what 2021 and 2022 is going to look like, we'll get to that to a second. As you try to fly across the nation at this point in time, there's a lot of ice storms and you're probably hearing about delays. So I'm going to tie the word delays to the word economic recovery. And what we're trying to do with all these concepts in our head so COVID-19 has disrupted the year 2020. <laughs> we can call COVID-19 the great disruptor. Maybe it disrupted your marriage. Maybe it disrupted your falling in love, your college plans, your vacation plans, your business plans. COVID-19 was a great disruptor. Now what we're learning is that it has disrupted the video game industry. There's a game that's slated to come out that's been pushed all the way back to 2022 and called Hogwarts Hogwarts Legacy, which I have to tell you something that's going to shock you. I've never been to Disneyland or Disney World, and I've never read a Harry Potter book. I know, I know, it makes me normal, but thank you so much. And I want to thank, I was going to say my mother, but it seems too soon to pull that one out of the hat, right? So Hogwarts Legacy was going to be a video game that probably multiplayer, online, fantasy world, go kill this doppelganger, go ride the Phoenix over here, get on a broom and play Twibbitch or whatever the game is called. Um, and it was going to be a big seller for Sony PlayStation 5. It was one of the exclusives for Sony PlayStation 5. Now it's been pushed out a long period of time. And Ubisoft, they've got a new Prince of Persia, the Santa Time remake. They've got a game called uh, Returnal that's now being delayed. The Lord of the Rings Gollum has been pushed from 2021 all the way into 2022. So that's my feeling on the economy. I'm expecting that where, yeah, we still have some things to look forward to, but some of the things we wanted for 2021 won't come to realizations. Again, I was talking to CFP yesterday and they said, when are you getting back to normal? Because we're kind of like looking at each other's yards. And um, he's not expecting 2021 to do any face to face. And I'm like, so in the future, when you meet with a client, you're going to stick with FaceTime. You're going to stick with Zoom. And he goes, I think so. And so his industry is profoundly changing in his mind. But Amazon.com or Amazon. Oh, boy. Did I just say that? Isn't it fun when companies change their names? Like Apple, it used to be Apple Computer. Now it's just Apple <laughs> because they're like, we're so much more than computers. We didn't have to have. But anyway, we did change the name, right? So Amazon is trying to get the video game industry. And they too have one big game. It's called New World that Jeff Bezos has commissioned as this is going to be our 
first toe in to video games. We're going to have our own studio design a video game. And it's delayed, but that's not the point of this story. Maybe it is. Maybe economic expectations should be tempered a little bit. If I were to tell you 2021 or 2022 were going to be bad years or down years in the stock market, but let me finish the statement before you're saying, you mean I should sell them? No, 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 no. I didn't say that. If I were to tell you my assumption is that we're looking for a bad year as we transition from government stimulus to economic standing on its own, which I'm seeing is bumpier and bumpier <clears throat> with just the video game delays, with the development pipelines just being doing the best they can. Again, TV shows, I, I think you're starting to see some of the TV shows that they're, they're, they're filming in COVID, but you can tell. Um, you can tell like the fight scenes are, you know, instead of taking on a gang of 10, it's a gang of two. Pay attention. You'll notice. Um, but the delays are becoming more realistic, whether it be Metroid or The Legend of Zelda or what Nintendo has coming out as far as new releases. Get used to the concept of bumpiness and slower than you want it to be in the reopening. Hey, a new Splatoon goes a long way for Nintendo players, but it doesn't solve all the woes. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial.